Welcome one, welcome all to episode 203 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, November 11th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. He's got a straight face right now. In this episode, we discuss the continued news of reorganization at Xbox Leadership, Grand Theft Auto 6 is being teased officially, and the Baldur's Gate 3 team have made some impressive discoveries regarding the Xbox Series S, no longer ruining the gaming industry. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm good, dude. Uh, I'm I'm really good. I had a... It's been a... It's been an interesting week because it's been busy at work and like my mind has been there, but like all, all intense purposes, I've just been having a really good time, like going back to World of Warcraft and just mm -hmm. like living in that in that world for, for the last week. Like that's been totally encompassed my life. And <laughs> it's it's all because of BlizzCon, which I'm sure that we'll 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 talk a little bit about kind of like circuitously, but mm -hmm. it was uh it was it was pretty good. I really can't blame. I really can't say anything too bad about it. How about you? How was your week? It was a good week. There were only three school days this week, uh, partially because of voting day, because schools are used as voting sites, um, and then a day for Veterans Day, mm -hmm. uh, which we took on Friday, even though today is Veterans Day. And, and uh, of yeah. course, uh, thank you to all veterans that have served uh, in whatever country. If you're fighting for your your patriotism, we appreciate you. Um, but so it was a very strange week for that reason. But it was actually very nice um, because I'd missed two weeks last week with my eye surgery, which was very unexpected. Right. So actually, I had the teacher yeah. work day to make up for things, uh, which was needed. Uh, and then the day off yesterday was really therapeutic because uh, my words of kindness, I got to see Joseph Moran in person for the first yeah. time ever. Um, I've never we never met in person despite gaming together almost every day for six years. Um, and then I got to see Kyle Stevenson and Mike Toundro, uh, Kyle, of course, from six, one Indy and the trophy room, Mike Toundro from six, one Indy. Uh, and I both work with, uh, vicarious PR. It was just so cool how natural it all felt, um, yeah. to get to hang out together and see everybody like the hugs were real and spending time together. We went to limited run games, uh, the store. And like walked around and saw that. Uh, I know we bumped elbows with developers in this bar we were in. We didn't. We didn't. That wasn't our focus. We didn't talk to anybody. But like, we could yeah. just, you could see it. You know, um, <laughs> it was just really fun. So I had a great, great week for that reason. My students were awesome. I got to get caught up on work. Gaming was great. Uh, apart from uh, discussions of Modern Warfare 3's campaign. Nobody blew up my notifications for as being, you know, anything. So I had a great week. How dare I'm, you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I liked something the internet did not. Um, shocker. Luke Lore liked something the internet did not. Uh, but it was great, man. I had a good, good week. So it's good, dude. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you got some time off. I didn't get time off, but that's okay. I, I had plenty of time afterwards to uh, to chill out. I took down the Halloween decorations and we put up uh, a couple little like Thanksgiving 
style stuff. I'm not, mm-hmm. a, I'm not a Thanksgiving person, but you know, I didn't want to, I've, I've already had like two cartons of eggnog and some Christmas music playing. So I'm there. First of all, that's disrespectful. It is too early for Christmas. Knock that off. No. No, um, no, 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 If you, if you, no, you're a monster <laughs> if you're skipping Thanksgiving. Not because I believe in the holiday or not, or not, but like <laughs> it's time to spend with your family and celebrate. And Santa's got no place at Thanksgiving. I'm just saying. Okay. That. Okay. Well, first off, I hate my family, so they can they can go do their own thing. You Last like your time, wife, like your whatever family is to you in a good yeah, way. Yeah, both of us are chill with not having Thanksgiving. Like we're good. We'll take the four day vacation and yeah, <laughs> just do something good. else. No, <laughs> we don't uh, bother with that. We like to go out to a nice dinner on Thanksgiving. We like to try a new restaurant. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool yeah. thing to do. That's a nice tradition. Um, what are your words of kindness this week? I see some cool names that I like in the, in the, notes. yeah. So th- this week I wanted to shout out PTK Blam cause, uh, they, they reached out and went, wanted to see if I could join up for the shop podcast, uh, this today, technically, uh, I'll be recording with them later this week or this, uh, day. And, uh, I'm just, I love when I get those, you know, like he, he puts out mm-hmm. a poll like every week and I always like check it out and then, and vote on it and stuff. But um, it's fun to to get invited onto shows. It's fun to be able to like jump on and chat with other people that you don't normally chat to about some of the topics that you know, like what we're going to be talking about today. That I, I'm really looking forward to hearing our conversation about it. But then I get to have a different conversation with them, like later on. And I don't know, dude. That's just a, it's it's kind of cool. I love doing that. And then the other one is Murphy Lives, who brightened my week with. Um, a tweet that they put out uh, where not only did they have a really beautiful photo of like their gamer section in their corner of their, their room that has like a whole bunch of really cool, like sea of thieves themed stuff and a really nice PC with lighting and, you know, nice curb monitors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just sat there. They're like, Hey, just sitting down to listen to the 300th episode of Keelhauled, And I can't wait. And I'm cool. like, Oh dude, that just, that just made me really happy because hitting 300 this week was it was, it was low key, but it was kind of like a nice mile marker in my podcasting life. Like I did, I've done 300 straight episodes of Keelhauled since February of 2018. And to me, that's like, that's the highlight, whether people listen or not, like I made it to 300 episodes, which, you know, we'll get there. We're soon, but it's just, it was cool. It's so cool to me. I don't think we gave it due credit. I don't even know if we talked about it last week. We mentioned it. Hit that milestone. Did we? Did yeah. we mention it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, we mentioned it. Did we? Okay, good. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you and and happy for you. And like that was, that was my, that was a highlight of my Monday. Was getting to retweet that and seeing that. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, so, I know how hard it is to do a show solo because I did it so long until you got here. Um yeah. and it's just that's a lot to be proud of. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough, uh, especially when you do it on one game. Um, as we've seen with like other games, like that are not doing well right now, like it's tough to do content around one game, man. You're not, you're never sure. Like if you're, if that game, something happens mm-hmm. or something happens to that studio, it's not always like grass is green mm-hmm. feeling, you know, it's kind of a, a shame. So I'm, I'm just grateful that Rare's a really good company and that they're, they're still putting life into this game. So yeah, they really are too. Like they yeah. really are. Yeah. I know they've got troubles and stuff like that, but uh, down the line, you know, they, they'll, they'll work all that stuff out. I think it's just a matter of, this is still kind of like their trial. Like they've been working mm-hmm. on this, this first games as a service for the last five years. I think the, the lessons that they're learning from this are what's, what they're putting into Everwild, mm-hmm. but it's really, it's good studio to follow. It's, um, 
I don't mind derailing just a briefly. It's interesting to watch Sea of Thieves become one of Xbox's most important franchises, even with the uh, addition of Bethesda and Activision Blizzard, because the, of those lessons that are learned. And if you consider that, like we saw PlayStation at one point was trying to make 12 live game live service games, and now they've, they've recently come out and said we're reducing that to six uh and then wb making a a very offensive statement in my mind saying they're trying to make all their stuff live service which really made me sad but you see that take place and then look over at one of the the few things from the xbox one generation that microsoft really nailed which was Mm -hmm. sea of thieves um and then to a lesser extent state of decay 2 like the live service content improvement but that that stuff for any flaws that those things have it was neat to see that and see if thieves remain strong uh, because it's wholly unique. You know, yeah. you and I talked about this somehow in a re- previous conversation that there is nothing like it. Like you can look at other live service games and see competition. Yeah. But truly see if thieves is in its own section of the, of the gaming sphere. You know, destiny has competition, call of duty, Fortnite. They have competition. See if thieves is wholly unique and Xbox and rare specifically deserve credit for that. Yeah. To come up with a game, as as hard as it was for them to make that in like Unreal Engine and stuff, like they managed to make a C game and make a C game that's multiplayer. That's uh, like it doesn't matter where you're from. Like there's no there's no servers separating like North America and Brazil and China and, and Europe and stuff. Like it's all it's all together. Like you spawn mm-hmm. in in an area wherever you log in based off of your IP, but you can join anyone's server. It's like doesn't doesn't matter. That is amazing. And one of the small things that never really gets touted is the voice to text uh, can translate like on the fly mm-hmm. languages that are not your language. That's so whatever your default language is, it will translate other people's voice to text to that, which is kind of bonkers. That is kind of bonkers. Yeah, that is kind of bonkers. Yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. Well, uh, I want to give a shout out to our patrons and do some really cool housekeeping. Um, The first thing I want to say is that the merch store for Xbox Expansion Pass is live. Uh, Very unexpected that it turned around this quickly. We showed off some of the merch on last week's episode. I got my card wallet here. Uh, We put out tweets. It is now live. Link in the description. Um, I think it's very unique, different from other merch stores for other shows. Not T-shirts per se, not stickers per se, but like engraved card wallets, engraved mugs, patch hats, something like different and hat. unique. Me too. Um, I think it's cool that it and it suits our XEP not quite being traditional in some ways. Um, I really, really like it, and I hope that uh, those of you that were interested, we had a lot of people asking about merch. If you're interested, rock on and enjoy it. Um, and I want to shout out DJ Hero once again for putting this together for the listeners. He he did this. This is him. Um, and the stuff's very high quality. I'm, I'm very impressed consistently by it. I kept my cup up here to show off, but like yeah. these these tumblers are are really nice, and I just love the engravings. Um, yeah. They look beautiful, and they're very customizable. So that's there. Link in the description. Uh, shout out to DJ Hero for that, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm honored and scared that we have a, a merch thing. It, yeah. it makes me so nervous. I'm <laughs> like, what if nobody does it? But also, like, cool. Uh, I do want to also shout out Extra Life is live. And recently we are are wrapping up the donations that XEP put together in the month of September. They're finally hitting out to the last people. Um, $25 went to uh, 
Ian, I, I put it in the notes. Where'd I put it? Oh, Runkle. Ian, Ian Runkle, uh, by request of Butch4969, we did an additional $25 to Ian because of his, for his Extra Life campaign. And we also just sent, uh, as of recording now, $25 to the Trophy Room, who is in the moment right now uh, doing their Extra Life campaign. So that is $200 from the XP patrons plus the 50 that you threw in. And um, I threw in a bit as well. Pretty darn cool, all things yeah. considered. Very honored that you guys were willing to support XCP on Patreon and thus let us do that for for uh, the trophy room um, or not for, for for extra life. Thank you guys. So let's read some uh, patrons. Let's read some patrons. Yeah. So if you are supporting XCP over on patreoncom slash Xbox Expansion Pass, thank you so much. You guys are keeping the lights on and the content coming. Uh, our tier two and three shoutouts for this week. I believe it's your turn, Logan. Is it? Oh, okay. Yep. I can't remember. <laughs> We're going to say yes. Okay. All right. So tier two and three shout outs this week. It's going to be Nicholas Johnson, Ellery Woods, Parker, the third Nicholas Downey, Rob Frawley, the second Tao Zochi, Trickster, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silkenit, Rick Gaffney, African, a.k.a. Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much for your love, for your support. It really does help do all the things that Luke wants to do. I know that he, he's been pushing on me that he wants to get me Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I told him he's insane. Save that money in case we decide to do like an XEP trip and we want to use the funds to like pay for plane tickets or hotel rooms or beers. You know, those are all things that I think would be fantastic. Um for us to be able to do in the future and having dreams like that are possible because of patron. So thank you. I've been holding off because I've keep wanting to buy it for you. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. So, uh, guys, I am getting back to doing interviews. My schedule is starting to free up a bit. I've scheduled the immortals of AVM interview. Very excited for that. You can look for that on the channel very soon. Also talking to the developers of Achilles legends untold, uh, and the Invincible is in scheduling. We'll see if we're able to lock that down, but excited to get back to interviews. So patrons, if that was one of your jams, uh, back to that, which is cool. And Creator Talk is coming back as well. Uh, just time was the enemy. But we've got a lot of news from this week, Logan. Uh, let's start with Modern Warfare 3 since you mentioned it. Um, yeah. Obviously, we talked a lot about the campaign last week. I was in the minority and enjoying it. Uh, but I recognize the flaws that a lot of people said. I still maintain that I don't think fours and fives are quite accurate. I think they're a bit too low uh, on that scale for the amount of you know impressive visuals, gameplay, smooth uh, elements that I had there. But I recognize the flaws. People are saying that it just feels like DLC. It's an asset flip. Um, I don't see asset flip. I do recognize the DLC argument. It is short, but I like the open combat missions. Uh, that said, the news for this week as the game is now fully launched and reviews are in progress for multiplayer. I've played a little bit of the multiplayer and it feels way better than two, which is cool because two was pretty good. Really? Yeah, very smooth. Very good. Um, cleaner, I think, is the right way to put it, and which makes sense. Like this is an uptick 
of, a, yeah. of an established product. So like neat, uh, it really shows kind of its live service upgrade. Um, it, it's probably too, too disingenuous to, to truly use this analogy, but the idea is there like the upgrade that Fortnite got from last gen to this gen, it kind of feels like that it's all the same, but it's a little better. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like that, but um, that might be too much of a jump, but either way, like once you play it, I think you'll know what I mean. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for the uh, MWZ mode, which is zombies, which is just DMZ PVE with zombies. Yeah. I'm really stoked for that. That's what I think uh, a lot of games are going for and miss the mark. And I played a little bit of it. And I, again, my, our review of this will be more next week, but I'm excited to play some zombies. The part that I think is newsworthy is that reports are coming out that this game was developed in just 16 months which lends credence to the idea that at one point it was an expansion and then was retooled to be the last kind of boxed element of the Activision era before Xbox stepped in. Um, Really big bummer there that it was so much crunch. We know that Call of Duty is that. Uh, For all intents and purposes, the the overall product, I think, delivers a great deal for your money, but it depends on what you play. I'm bummed that this happened, but I expect that in future we don't see these, these news titles now that Acti- or Activision is under the Xbox umbrella, thanks to a lot of the reorganization stuff that's going to go on. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a real shame. And and I've been watching a lot of the uh, zombie mode mm-hmm. um, online through streamers, and it's been I've been excited to get into it. Uh, I think it's it's something that will will definitely be up my alley. Having the three different tiers available for like as far as like the difficulty level gives you a sense of like. Okay, if you just want to jump in and do some fun, dumb stuff, then you can stay in like level one and level two pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you really, really want to go for that level three stuff, you're going to have to work on upgrading your weapons and getting experience. Mm-hmm. And that all seems really cool. Um, and having like 45 minutes to just play around in that zone for a while and kind of see what you can do just looks really cool. It just seems like it, it is definitely DMZ. And there's mm-hmm. other groups in there, but there's mm-hmm. no PVP aspect to it. So exactly. I love that. Yeah. Like you get, you just get to go around and mow, mow down zombies. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because there's a point where you, you get deep enough into the zone that you realize that the zombies can mow you down. And that's mm-hmm. when things get a little harrowing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that aspect of it. Cause just shooting like the, the one hit one kill zombies is it's okay. But Really, the goal is is that is the feeder zone to get you the gear that you want to be able to start dipping into the higher stuff so you can start getting some of those upgrades that are kind of customary to zombies in in Call of Duty. Like you're used to going around trying to find like how you can upgrade your weapon and, you know, Mm -hmm. get the higher damage and stuff like that. And that's definitely in this, but you're going to have to step foot into that level two zone if you want to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm so stoked for this aspect of the game because... I've been really enjoying Modern Warfare 2. I really have. And I know that um, that tunes a lot of people out. But the campaign and the PvE is what keeps me in because as my reflexes go, as I get older, my eyes are genuinely... Obviously, I had to have emergency eye surgery two weeks ago. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, My eyes are not as sharp, so I'm not as sharp. But the chance to play PvE and enjoy the good gunplay and stuff, that makes me really happy. And so I'm really excited for this aspect of the game um to to play through and enjoy and that's to me the the part that i guess i'm just so stoked for is getting to play more 
more Call of Duty gunplay, but relaxed. Enjoy. Turn yeah. my brain off. Not feel pressure to get a P- get a PvP score because when we play, I've got a good thirty minutes where I'm ace. I'm good. I'm better than our group. I've, I can handle it. And then yeah. after that, it's like because I just yeah. get tired and fatigued, and that's just it happens. It's just who it, it's just what happens. Um, so I'm stoked for for that. I think I think the 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 normal like kind of sense that we have like when we're playing like Fortnite or something the more chilled atmosphere you know mm-hmm. like i think that will translate well over to to call of duty zombies because i think mm-hmm. that the pacing is similar yeah. um like the, like we're usually better than most of the lobbies that we're in mm-hmm. and we usually come out you know top 10 top 5 most of the time yep and i think uh i think with zombies having that kind of like just running around looting aspect mm-hmm. of the game is really yeah. fun i think that's what i like most about it about those games is just running around trying to find better gear it's what i like mm-hmm. about diablo it's what i like about destiny stuff mm-hmm. like that so i think that this will serve well it is a shame to hear to address like the the reports about the 16 month crunch mm-hmm. that they really and, and i think that will definitely sway a lot of people's opinions on whether or not they want to spend like the 70 bucks for this because yeah, it is kind of an uptick from like Fortnite OG to like Fortnite, like, you know, uh, it, it, with ray tracing and stuff. But it, it that does come at a higher cost with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. And I think that it's a fair judgment to say like, hey, you know, if, if all we're getting is a little bit smoother gameplay, a little bit better, uh, you know, like multiplayer and stuff, we're getting more maps in the new zombie mode with a with a weird campaign. That may be something that I I can hold off on, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'll 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 try to live within the zeit or live outside the zeitgeist and uh, wait for it to go on sale because usually it'll go on sale. Yeah, it, it usually does. I'll be interested to see just kind of how the future. And this is not a new concept. And I talk with about this with Ains on and off shows. I'm excited to see how Xbox manages Call of Duty going forward. How do they handle the live service, the content delivery, that kind of stuff. Um, what is the 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 approach that Xbox takes to keep Call of Duty alive, but also make it better for developers, free up studios? And um, I read an anecdote a few weeks ago, and I wonder if this doesn't bleed into our Mikey Barra comments. But essentially, when Phil Spencer visited Activision Blizzard, they tried to put together a quick presentation and show things off. And they got there and they it was like, no, I'm not here for that. I'm here to tell you that I'm supportive of you guys. I want to support what you all are creating. I'm not here to number crunch you. I want you to be your studio. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, but in large part, that's very encouraging to, to see that they were panicked and they were thinking that this was an, a Bobby Kodak style, uh, you know, higher ups are, are coming to make sure you're doing what you do. But Phil Spencer and his team got there and he's like, no, make your video games. We got it because Activision Blizzard was all a content play. And now, per some comments from Matt Booty that we'll get to, there's there's content on the way. And Xbox is in, is in a really good place, I think, going forward for a lot of reasons. A lot of our news stories tangentially tie together that Xbox is in a really good place now. Yeah. Yeah. Having that many studios under one umbrella means that your content delivery under like the Xbox label mm-hmm. is sound, that you aren't going to have to really worry about like, 
will they have content like that shouldn't be like before we used to say like is game pass a value yeah game pass is definitely the best value in gaming then we used to say like okay well when is xbox going to have games well xbox is going to have games from now on it may not always be something that playstation fans will be like oh that's my bag but they are going to have games and those Mm -hmm. games are going to be something for a little bit of something for everyone Mm -hmm. which i think is i think that is better than curating so nichely that your game exclusives from the multiple studios that you have Mm -hmm. can all be like boiled down to uh you know third person action adventure over the shoulder game Mm -hmm. like that is that is a dangerous territory to be in because it doesn't if one of those misses and that was like one of the two that you have in the next like couple of years, then that's, that's a bummer because that's not going to help your student. That's, that's going to cause issues. But yeah. to hear about like Mike Ybarra's comments on Xbox, and I think it was Rod Ferguson had talked about um, how they had been preparing a, uh, a presentation for, for Phil and them to, to come in to kind of see like, okay, here's where the studios are at. Here's what, what the game plan looks like for the next couple fiscal years and stuff. And to have him have them kind of realize like, no, 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 this is just like a, this is just like a sweetheart situation. Like we're just coming in to come see how things are doing, you know, make sure that, you know, your room's clean and that's fine. But we also just want to make sure that you're having a good time. Like it's, it's Phil Spencer opening the door and saying, are you winning son? And then mm-hmm. like having at Blizzard and Activision being like, yeah, dad, and then that that's it that's all it needs to be i think uh i was really uplifted to see that news story if it was rod ferguson which i, I believe you um but like to see his comments to see rod mikey barra's comments about um how phil spencer is approaching the teams and giving creative freedom we've got a lot of quotes in our notes just about how spencer and his team and spencer we say this a lot spencer is the word we use, the person that's heading up stuff, but it's his culture team that is bringing it in to see what they're bringing in and that they that the new Xbox is about support and help and bringing great content, but not crunching, not demanding. I'm very encouraged to see that now this Activision, uh, not coalition, this Activision group, everything that's under the umbrella now of Xbox as reorganization takes place, they'll hopefully be able to catch their breath a little bit. They'll be able to enjoy making the content because that is something that we've seen Xbox do for Bethesda in a lot of ways, do for In Exile, for Obsidian. We've heard a lot of these stories. Hey, make what you want to make. Take your time. And without that, you don't get Pentiment. You don't get uh, Bleeding Edge. You don't get what's the, uh, Grounded. And sometimes it's a hit. Sometimes it's not. But yeah. you don't get that creative freedom that allows people to feel like they can try things. And again, maybe it's a grounded, maybe it's bleeding edge, but both are supported. Execute your vision. And now that Game Pass is a delivery device for the, on the consumer side, the scary investment approach of like, oh, do I pay $70? Do I pay the $100 Call of Duty? No, you can just enjoy it when it hits Game Pass. And if it's for you, there you go. Um, I'm excited by those realizations, those, those possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. I know I saw some comments this week about how, uh, Phil thinks that he wants to consider Nintendo fans, Xbox, uh, gamers as well. And talking to like, as far as like game pass and stuff goes, it, it constantly makes me wonder, like, will we start to see more of a relationship 
between Nintendo and Xbox and having Game Pass available on the Switch for cloud streaming so that they can kind of get a piece of that market as well too because with as much content as they're putting out there's definitely titles that are on game pass that could run on switch Mm -hmm. uh but cloud streaming i think fixes a lot of that and i think that there's a lot of goodwill between those studios especially now that you know activision and in xbox is kind of like promised call of duty to come to the switch uh it's going to be very interesting to kind of see like how that's going to work especially mm-hmm. like the news about larian studios and, and the uh, xbox series s mm-hmm. agreed and, and that larian studios thing i think is going to have impact on on a great deal of the gaming industry as a whole as they are able to extract more performance out of hardware that is you know reportedly weaker in, in many ways but for anyone that's unaware, the Baldur's Gate 3 devs, the big conversation around Baldur's Gate 3 and Xbox was that they were not able to get the game in parity on the Series S. They could do it on the X, it would match the PlayStation versions, but they couldn't get it to run on the S. And that opened up a number of conversations from us and and many other content creators, analysts, journalists. Uh, Everybody was wondering, like, why not? And from the most inflammatory to the most conservative, is the Xbox Series S holding things back? And some people made these grand gestures that it was or wasn't. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, playing my Series S, which I do quite often, seeing the most recent COD, seeing Alan Wake 2, uh, and so many other games just run so perfectly on the Series S, it was always in the back of my mind, like, mm, I don't feel like it's the S per se. That's yeah. the issue. Um, but the big cool thing is that the Baldur's Gate engineers, they were able to figure out a 34% VRAM optimization while making their port. And to me, like I don't 100% know what that means, but the cool part is they were able to extract more performance uh, that could eventually impact the Series X version, the PS5 version, and allows the game to run uh, extremely well on the Series S. The CEO of Larian, came out and was the one that reported this even showing uh, performance graphs the reason that's interesting and important is that he as a uh, a voice in the gaming industry the ceo of one of the game of the year contenders if not the game of the year winner had publicly said like hey we we haven't been able to get this on xbox series s and so he was used as a weaponized voice in the console wars well now he's coming out and saying nope things are looking good for Xbox and that lends credence to the idea. This is coming this year, Logan. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, I think it's actually going to get announced as a release date, uh, for like a shadow drop on the game awards, mm-hmm. uh, just cause of the, you know, the timing around it, they, they were targeting kind of like December and stuff. This is, this is what I think is very interesting. Like, and, and I was, I was reading through an article, uh, that Jess Corden had put out over on windows central, um, this week that, basically kind of talked about how jez feels like he was wrong about the series s and it holding back uh game gaming in general Mm -hmm. for like this generation Mm -hmm. and having something like baldur's gate 3 be as popular as it is from larry and studios having them do really really well and then being the one saying like the xbox series s just isn't powerful enough to handle it Mm -hmm. and then them going back getting the time that they need having Phil Spencer at Gamescom say like we are sending engineers over to them to go like help them with this 
mm-hmm. helps give an understanding that look guys it's not the hardware it's the engineers it's mm-hmm. the developers the developers have always been the problem with like it's i hear the same thing with other people that are like oh the series s you can't develop for it and i'm like no because i'm pretty sure other studios have better games mm-hmm. that are able to develop for it so when i see alan like two yeah way to diablo 4 call of duty there are plenty of really good games that are available in the series s and they didn't bat an eye about that whole parody clause mm-hmm. but the but the smaller studios the independent studios out there the ones that don't have the experience or the energy or the time or the funds mm-hmm. make up excuses for this and i've and this has been my stance they are constantly making excuses as to why it's not easy enough to do that and i've even had like um there's been quotes from some of the producers over at Rare who are constantly getting flagged at, uh, for Sea of Thieves and how the Xbox One is holding back the, uh, the, the, the performance for Sea of Thieves. And even they've been like, it's not the hardware. It's, mm-hmm. It really isn't the hardware. There's other issues, but it's not the hardware that's holding it back. Like if the mm-hmm. Xbox One is not holding back Sea of Thieves, the Series S most definitely isn't holding back most games. It's usually a time and knowledge difference between like studios. So what I would say to this is if you are if studios are having trouble getting that parity between uh, between their games, between the S and the X, mm-hmm. Microsoft needs to do a better job of doing that. Like you look at Nintendo first party games. They all live and breathe on those little discs. Like everyone else is like, no, nah, you have to download like an extra 50 gigs for our game. We don't know how Nintendo gets their their Zelda to be like 24 gigs. We just don't understand it. But they do. It is. It is. Uh, I'm looping back just to one of your points. I still have a hard time believing the Xbox One doesn't hold back Sea of Thieves. But it's yeah. a full testament to that. I don't know. Like, I don't know these things. <laughs> And I shouldn't be the guy I, I, I am using myself as an example, but I'm really applying this to the inflammatory content creators, analysts, journalists out there. I don't know. I'm not an engineer and I'm not a developer. So it's it's not up to me to make that the narrative. You know, yeah. it's, that's important. If they are saying, no, that's not what it is, then OK, like I need to, there, there is a level of trust that should be had. There's also a level of trust and skepticism that should come as well. But I shouldn't be making that the narrative. Um, there was a studio or a game that released on PlayStation 5 in the last two weeks that got pretty bad reviews, but it had weaponized the console wars to try and sell. I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it. I start with an E, but it um, it, it was a game that was saying that we could only do this on the PS5 and then it launched and it's just like, Burr. and it's that's not the way to sell your game is to make it a console war element. It was a third party indie game yeah. and. Um, it just doesn't make sense. And, and it's nice to see, I suppose, a bit of justification that the Series S is a great place for you to play. And then you talk about Jazz's article is a, is a good point as well. The Series S is incredible. Like, if I didn't know better half the time, I wouldn't even realize I was on my S versus my X, except that I know because I can look at it. Like, for it to yeah. play Alan Wake, for it to play so many of the great games that are out, like Immortals of Avium, uh, but for all intents and purposes, one of the most beautiful like facial animation games and beautiful colors, Unreal Engine 5, looks wonderful on an S. Yeah. It is interesting to watch for sure. I I'm 
I think one of the main points that Jez's article uh, wants to wanted to address that I don't want to let let kind of die on the vine there is um, that the Series S is a three hundred dollar price point. It is on par with a Nintendo Switch, but it is offering the next generation experience at that price point. That is not something that PlayStation can get down to with their digital editions. It'd be great if they could. I would I would much rather have like one of those because you know the disk drive is nice, but I, I use it sparingly. Mm-hmm. Um but three hundred dollars is a fantastic deal to get into. And we had a Black Friday sale where you could buy a Series S for two hundred dollars. Like mm-hmm. just buy-in was two hundred bucks. And I didn't do it at the time. I really should have. Um but it's one of those things like if you want to play these games and you don't have $500, which is a very high cost for consoles, uh, that is that is an opportunity there. Now, compare the price of like a $500 console that offers like next gen experience to a $1,500 PC or a $5,000 PC mm-hmm. like an, an, an NVIDIA 4090 card graphics card is like 16 1700 bucks mm-hmm. it's like three xboxes and you're getting comparable quality mm-hmm. and the same library of games for a third of the cost of just the graphics card and that to me is like insane like i don't know how they're able to make that hardware work but it's nice to see that larian who was blaming the series s for the vram shortage being the main cause of why they aren't able to get the split screen co-op for their game uh, to launch was able to work with Microsoft with, with the help of like Phil's people mm-hmm. to find that 30% reduction in, in, in like VRAM cost, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the biggest issue with the series S is just the amount of VRAM that's available. Cause you're going to get the 1080p regardless, like the 1080p or the 1440p at 60 frames or 30 frames. Like that's the expected but the CPU and the and the RAM itself is like the same. The the storage space and stuff is all the same as the X. It's just that 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 graphics unit that that is the big big issue there. But thirty four percent reduction means that they found enough headroom to be able to bring co op for the Series S uh, for couch co op as as far as we can understand it. I'm expecting this to do really well though. I am too, and I'm really anxious to see Black Friday sales for the console, both of them. Yeah, um, we had a cool, cool news story last week that PlayStation had been outsold by Xbox in Japan, and not by much. And like, let's not make that inflammatory. I saw reports that it's happening a second time. I tried to find like official reports. I saw it on the, the socials, and it lined up, but I couldn't find like a VGC article or, or yeah. yeah, I couldn't find like not on socials numbers. But that could just be a few days removed from when we record that we see it. But the reason I think that's so interesting is that Xbox is really firing on all cylinders right now, selling well worldwide. PlayStation's getting that refresh. That could be part of the reasoning. But that Series S is just this continued weapon in disguise. They did the newer newer model that has more memory. And as somebody who... I finally I did it. I, I bought the expansion card. I got it for 150 bucks, a full oh, terabyte expansion card. It's super small, yeah. super small. I didn't realize it. Um, but to get that terabyte, that suddenly I I moved things off of my Series X internal 
onto that thing, they move at five and six gigs a second, yeah, which is insane. But now I can my, that makes my Series S that much more usable. I can just pop it out, go downstairs, pop it in, and play. Yeah, and that's wild to me. But <laughs> it has made the Series S even more accessible because it's small, it's lightweight. I brought it with me to to Raleigh when I was potentially going to stay overnight last night. To it didn't know what we were going to do, and it was just like mm, HDMI out, power cord, boom, and it it's this big. It fits in my my bag, and all that memory is in that little expansion card. It was just remarkable to me in a world of ROG allies and Steam Deck OLEDs that are coming and yeah. and uh, Switches and PlayStation 5 redesigns and Xboxes. It was like the Series S is just incredible for yeah. what it is and the money. And it's just, I'm consistently in awe of it. Yeah, the... The 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 whole memory thing and people can go back and, and find find me quoted on this. Uh, I think that Siri, I think that Microsoft really won the memory as far as expecting you to have more than one console. If you had more than one console and you had an expansion card and you had games on there that you knew you wanted to play like between the systems, mm-hmm. you could just pull the card out and slide it into the other card and it just worked. Mm-hmm. And that was a that that is that is not something that you get with like it, it is effectively like an NVMe, an NVMe card that is plug and play the way like a USB drive is. And mm-hmm. that's just insane to me. Um, whereas like Sony won the memory expansion thing because they went with industry standard that was going to eventually drop in cost. So you mm-hmm. can pick up like a terabyte for 70 bucks on sale. Whereas this, yep. you can find a deal and it'll be Western digital, but you're still going to be paying 150 bucks for a gigs or a terabytes worth of space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's great to see that the series S can be as low of an entry point as $300, 350. If we want to get the terabyte version and then add another 150 on top of that to get like two terabytes worth of space. I have two memory cards for my series X's. I've got a terabyte and a 500 gig one, mm-hmm. and those are constantly full. And uh, it's nice having that extra space on those cards. Like one of these days I might actually like go and get one of those two terabyte ones and just like live and breathe off of that. But I might call my 50. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm loving this thing and I've had it for a day and it is changing my comfort level because now I can move things off of my external like series X and S games that can't play off of it. Mm -hmm. Like Diablo. I was and sea of thieves are good examples. I was able to move them off of the external and make them usable and now it's easier to jump in and play i was able to go in and play uh street fighter 6 just right off that card yeah. in a way that, and enjoy it the way it's meant to be enjoyed and i that was just cool like i liked that um yeah very happy and you don't but, think about it it just works it just boots right. up like a normal and that's how it should be yeah and i'm anxious to go downstairs with it just because like my, my wife's out of town this weekend i'm just gonna pop that card go downstairs and play on my s so i'm near my dog cool yep. that's awesome I'm, I'm excited uh for that for sure yeah they did a good job with that big time big time uh let's see logan kind of tangentially related i suppose uh the playstation 5 slim detach detachable disc drive would you want to talk about that real quick because that and the steam deck the new steam deck those are kind of our hardware elements which are competitors to the series s and x in in some in depending on how you look at it uh, i think those are both worth talking about 
Yeah, there it's it's an interesting story. So like um like we've uh, like we've had conversations about the the whole like mo- like should Xbox do a mobile device, a mobile handheld and the Xbox or the PlayStation Portal just launched. So like mm-hmm. people finally have their hands on that and stuff. So uh Steam Deck, um uh, Valve just announced that there's a new OLED version mm-hmm. of the Steam Deck that's coming out. It's going to be at the same price points as uh, their current lineup is, except for the lowest tier. The lowest tier is still going to be that kind of $300 price point where it's like the LCD screen. That, which is a fantastic deal, man, to get portable gaming at the at the level of that. Plus have like mm-hmm. your full Steam library available. Mm-hmm. That's a really good deal. You have to do a lot of swapping and stuff like that. But um, the fact that they're doing an OLED refresh uh, shows that the Steam Deck is a beast of a of a, a system, and that it is a handheld that will continue to redefine what handhelds are mm-hmm. for gaming in general. Which pushes me to the idea that maybe there's space in the next generation of Xbox where they come out with their own kind mm-hmm. of Steam Deck thing that that is more like native experience. I know like Phil Spencer has his his ROG ally and stuff and that's cool uh but you know like just like the backbones that have the Xbox branding on them I kind of want like an Xbox version of of like the Steam Deck so there's new OLEDs coming out uh just everything's better (laughs) it doesn't it looks the same um but the the screen's a lot better uh they bumped up the battery life it's got uh more storage capacity in there which is nice um, the screen's a lot brighter too because of the OLED. It's got HDR. It's also going to be a little bit lighter and it charges faster. Still has that Wi-Fi 6 now as well too. So games are going to install or download faster as well. So mm-hmm. overall, just it's great to see that it is it is doing well and that they are ready to bump it up to the next like little iteration mm-hmm. and uh, see like if a Steam Deck 2 comes out, like what kind of improvements can they do? But I think they're going to wait and see like what Nintendo does to kind of gauge mm-hmm. the market because Nintendo's Switch uh, is supposed to get its successor in 2024. Mm-hmm. And that will say a lot about where the handheld market goes because at 130 plus million units that they just announced, uh, the Switch is doing well. And mm-hmm. they are going to be the ones that are the trendsetters. Steam will come out with their next version after they see what the switch has done and how they can kind of emulate or backwards uh, engineer kind of some of that stuff mm-hmm. reverse engineer right the the roadmap for 2024 to me is going to be really cool to see because we anticipate new nintendo hardware we anticipate new first party games from xbox and matt booty in a recent interview alluded to that i'm also really curious to see what playstation's got up their sleeve because we don't know much about their future lineup in the immediate future we know wolverine we don't know when and factions might be a thing might not really curious to see kind of what happens uh for playstation but nintendo we're expecting new hardware big deal i think that's a big deal um xbox matt booty was was talking about it with uh or rather i should say in a recent interview different things that are on the way we know there is going to be era history untold which is a game i'm unfamiliar with i know it's a pc game pass exclusive mm-hmm. um and towerborn are also in 2024 but he also made comments to say that hellblade 2 will come later in 2024 yeah I fully anticipate that's happening we're going to see that at game awards i oh I really think my my games game awards uh 
predictions right now, Logan. You're going to see Spider-Man expansion. You're going to see Starfield expansion. You're going to see uh, Hellblade 2 and Tears of the Kingdom something. This is for for Game Awards 2024? No, no, well, I think you're going to see them at this Game Awards for 2024 relevant You're a madman. You think so? You don't think you're going to see some Spider-Man stuff or some Starfield stuff? No way, dude. It is too early to be talking about expansions for Spider-Man 2. It is it is False. way too early. False. Bro, False. they they haven't even sold like all of the all of the stuff that they were playing. Like they they have like another 6 months of of like pushing Spider-Man 2 in the marketing to get people past the holidays to be like, "All right, it's 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 like Christmas is past. It's time to start thinking about the future." You know, and, and our revelations are gonna, you know, like our our, our uh, New Year's Eve revelate or resolutions are gonna be to to come out with an expansion. I don't think we're seeing anything Spider Man two, except for continued promotion for Spider Man two, until at least like March April at the earliest. Like I don't think they're I don't think they're anywhere close to like what are they working on next. I think they're absolutely gonna tell us. I think they're gonna say wow. Miles Morales this or that or something uh is happening i think that's exactly what's gonna go on Dang. i think okay um, I, I, I also think starfield needs to take advantage of of its of its platform like the game awards everyone watches xbox just bought yeah. xyz starfield needs to be on display because it won a golden go- joystick i have no yeah. idea what that means let me just be real clear um i have no <laughs> clue what that actually means the golden joysticks way. yeah but the, like i don't know what that means is what i'm saying oh, like, it's just a it's just a, a another award ceremony thing. It's not uh, like the golden joysticks. I could be wrong on this, um, but I'm pretty sure that is more of like the industry kind of patting each other on the back. Okay. Like dice esque, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe dice is the one that I'm thinking of eh, either way. It, it kind of a, a null issue. The bigger yeah. deal is like cool, but I think, there are, it, it, I think Starfield is two big patches away from being a game of the year contender. Um, you got to reduce those loading screens and you got to have more to do in terms of discovery. They just put out a patch. Tell, they, tell me, no, 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 big patch, big, oh, two big patches is what I'm saying. Not like quality of life, like they need to clean up some of the loading screens and give you stuff to do. But like, they're no, they're doing good stuff. And did you see the beta program they're doing? No, I didn't. So on PC, you can now opt in to play the patched versions of stuff early and help them get the mods and and stuff cleaned up for full release. So you can opt in on a beta program on Steam and Mm. help them basically bring the best version of Starfield to everybody else, which is cool. I think that's great. Um, But I think like you would expect from a Bethesda joint, it's a few it's launching well but got more to do before it hits its potential yeah that's a weird one because starfield is uh it's it's a platform like we're going to be seeing content for that for a long time but i honestly think that most games are going to have a a six-month runtime before they have like enough information to put together like a little teaser trailer on what's going to be the next expansion Mm. because otherwise you run the risk of metroid 4 priming it and mm. then you're sitting there like, okay, well, you know, we announced it too early. Oops. Mm-hmm. But Fair. I think I think Metro I, Prime Four is probably just being held for Switch Two. 
I think Metroid Prime 4 has had a lot of issues and they just don't know like what they want that game to be. Mm. Um, but yeah. Oh, and by the way, Aura History Untold, that's that uh, that's that kind of like um, Civ game that is like you kind of take you, you take control of like pivotal moments through history and you kind of like change things are so you can kind of um, I'm trying to think of like what it is like you can you can you can have it so that japan has the industrial era as opposed to europe um and just kind of like change the course of history and how things happen and stuff yeah that's cool you can give you can give the mayan civilization the guns instead of the conquistadors Hmm. it's it's an interesting interesting. one i i think i think that's more for like age of empires and civilization fans which is kind of why i think it's a pc exclusive but Towerborn, I think, will be interesting. We'll have to see how that's going. It was it was nice to see kind of Matt doing the rounds after their mm-hmm. kind of like trip around the the Activision Blizzard teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, them kind of coming out to talk about like some of the stuff that they're looking forward to is nice. Hellblade Two being so pushed out is interesting because I just saw advertisements through Twitch that had Senua Saga uh, like as part of it. Mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is just trailer footage that we've already seen mm-hmm. but they're already wrapping it into their like kind of game pass marketing right now mm-hmm. which means it must be closer than he may be you'd letting on yeah you'd have to think it is yeah um, i'm excited in general just to see to see the the realization like what is this game because i mm-hmm. hope it's more hellblade plus uh Plus combat. Like, I need more combat. Because I love Hellblade 1. But I think it's... I want more combat in there. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I'm hoping it is. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sure that whatever it is, it's going to be amazing, though. Like, at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, those people are wizards. Without a doubt, they are wizards. You know what else is kind of amazing? What's that? That... We got an announcement for an announcement. I always, <laughs> I always love announcements for announcements. Like whenever someone comes out and says, "Hey, we're going to be doing something to announce mm-hmm. something," and you're like, "Wait, isn't this why? Why not just do the? Why not just do the announcement now?" And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. We got to get you prepped for it. You're not ready." Just to head off leakers, you think? I think it's. I think it's to get people to stop storming the stage at Game Awards. <laughs> that's what i think this is so let's be clear what we're alluding to if you guys haven't heard rockstar games has finally come out and announced that they are going to announce gta 6 in december early december um luke i think you and i are probably the wrong people to be talking about gta 6 Uh, yep (laughs) that's nice yeah i I haven't played very much of five at all. I own two mm-hmm. copies of it. I think I've put maybe like 15 minutes into each mm-hmm. and both were free. <laughs> I genuinely have not like invested my life into GTA five, mm-hmm. uh, but this was making the rounds. So uh, Rockstar announced that there's going to be a trailer early December for GTA six. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a strong inclination that this is going to be a trailer that gets shown off at the game awards given the Mm -hmm. timing um and given that the last two times the game awards have happened jeff has been accosted by people like running up demanding a gta 6 trailer Mm -hmm. so only fitting that 
Rockstar get a hold uh, ahead of the Game Awards announcements mm-hmm. and say like, "Hey, we're going to have a trailer. Don't do anything stupid." Because mm-hmm. this time Jeff might actually just punch you. He gets. I think it was Kevin Ainsworth. He gets one. Like he gets to punch somebody. <laughs> yeah. You know. Like I think Will Smith should be on standby at any <laughs> given point, and if the trailer's not there, he heads out there. He's like, yeah. "Well, my time is now." Um, I I'm. Grand Theft Auto Five. They they even they tweeted officially it's coming early December. We all think Game Awards. Yes, um, game, Grand Theft Auto is an important game in the gaming industry. I know I'm gonna play it. I know I'll check it out. But I have zero excitement for it. But it's important. It's neat. Like it's yeah. I'm, I'm I will enjoy checking it out. But I'm not looking forward to it in some exuberant way. Do. I, I part of me thinks that this is not a Luke game because mm-hmm. Luke likes superheroes mm-hmm. and GTA is not a not a game where you're playing a good person most of the right. time. Correct. And I think that kind of rails against your desire to have like upright justice and stuff like that. Like that is kind of like your bag. Mm-hmm. Um not to say that there's anything negative or wrong about playing like a villain in, in a GTA or, or like a, a morally corrupt person in, in GTA. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get their fantasies out that way so that they don't have to be horrible people in real life. I think that's why a lot of people like Sea of Thieves because you get to steal and you get to kill and you don't do that in real life. Mm-hmm. And uh, with GTA 6, I'm excited for this because I want to see what they're going to do mm-hmm. compared to Red Dead Redemption 2 which I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is still one of the most beautiful and well-realized worlds mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen in games. It's one of those games that if you put on like cinematic mode as you're like following the road on your horse, it is hard to discern like at a, at a passing glance that that is not just a film. And that is a true testament to the time and effort that they're putting into those projects. I'm very I'm very interested to see, especially given like what we've seen with the Matrix, uh, the Matrix Unreal Engine demo, mm-hmm. like what worlds can look like from a cityscape perspective, especially with like mm-hmm. cyberpunk and stuff like that. A GTA six has me interested because the last time I cared about GTA was Vice City back in like 22. Mm. And because of that, I have not had like the the memes or or all of that hasn't meant anything to me but it's easy for me to get into starfield because it's the first installment in a game in bethesda when i started to care about bethesda games it'll be easy for me to get into a gta 6 because i'll start at the beginning instead of trying to catch up on the last 10 years of what's been going on in gta 5 Mm -hmm. and i think that's important too it is grand theft auto is one of those games that has a a wonderful ripple effect on the industry. Mm. But I, you're right. I don't enjoy the, the extreme satire of three was fun at the time. Yeah. Because it was like, ah, oh, they're making fun of Lindsay Lohan. Ah, oh, people are dumb. But the amount of real life events in the last 10 years that has been so on the nose for what satire was supposed to be. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sure there's a storm, the capital style mission, a vaccine discussion mission, uh, some sort of like a I don't know. There's so many social justice elements 
that took place in the last 10 years that are going to be that have been memed already and, and they were satirically true make like i don't know if i want to live that over again but i also yeah. don't know what the game is they they say bonnie and clive was an inspiration sure but it is a technical marvel gta 5 and i imagine 6 is as well and like many games it'll push the industry and so i'm interested in that respect i'm sure i'll play it for that purpose but you're right i i enjoy the the justice element of games being good person is fun for me and um we've talked at length about this on the show lately my state in life i've not been able to do the high cerebral game or the you know deep thought or very negative game i've needed the point shoot you know dumb dumb brain type game for the past few weeks and i think now that my schedule's freeing up i'll be able to go back to being more cerebral and reading and whatnot but you've got to be in the right state of mind for some games and gta depending on how you play it might require kind of your brain to, to turn off or turn on in different ways. Um, how many people play GTA online that have never touched the campaign a lot? Yeah. You know, what you get out of it is going to be very much what you go in for it. I think a lot of it will depend on the flow of the campaign and the missions. Um, mm -hmm. If they're small enough and digestible enough, I think that retention will be higher, mm -hmm. but a lot of open worlds still suffer from that, uh, uh, you know, um, choice paralysis issue where you just have too much to do and you're not sure where you want to start things off. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you're like, I just want to drive around and shoot people at this point because I'm not sure like what I need to do or how to do it. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, you know, I run into this problem with uh, World of Warcraft. I've been jumping into that as kind of like an open world testament without things telling me where i need to go and what i need to kill um mm -hmm. it is very hard for me to feel like i i can progress in a meaningful way mm -hmm. and that is something i'll be interested to see given how like zelda has impacted the open world aspect of of gaming mm -hmm. if the world is beautiful enough and i know a couple of the main objectives that i need to go do i can kind of head in those directions so i'm hoping with a game like gta 6 that that will be something that gets brought over mm -hmm. uh but that's a much different thing when you're on the ground and like you you your traversal will have to be across roads and stuff like that you'll have to drive everywhere you have to kind of and, and that's part of the problem i think that cyberpunk had was is that you just have to drive everywhere or you have to fast travel mm -hmm. whereas with like spider-man 2 you get a fly suit and you just fly around it's a lot easier to get somewhere it's fast travels quick and stuff like that same thing with the crew you know you just jump into the world and you can fast travel wherever you want and poop you're right there um but with this it'll be very interesting to see how they design that open world given how much the open world design has changed in the last 10 years very true very true either way it'll be a pinpoint monumental thing and you have to imagine 2024 is when it releases um yeah it'll be really interesting <laughs> i wonder how it looks on the series s you know i wonder if there are any limitations there yeah. um some technology is incredible and there are wizards that make games it's it'll be really cool to see just what that game does um the irony will be i think if it all doesn't happen at game awards you know that'll be really interesting but keely and, and rockstar seem to be pretty much uh are very closely tied very yeah. closely tied i think so. keely knows that that having that trailer at game awards is going to be make or break on like whether or not his game awards is considered a success 
because mm-hmm. uh, I think there's going to be hurt feelings at this Game Awards regardless. Mm-hmm. There are too many good games and I, and some really good games are going to get snubbed. And having a GTA trailer kind of alleviates like the, oh, how was the Game Awards? It was fantastic. We got the GTA 6 trailer. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, what about the games? Yeah, <laughs> they happened. I so so I am sure we're going to get the question in a few weeks, but like the snubs of Game Awards are going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Spider-Man are your two snubs. They don't get in there. I don't think Tears of the Kingdom gets it. I don't think Spider-Man gets it. Um, I don't think Starfield's in the conversation. Um, But I would be willing to bet that like Mario Wonder is in is in there Baldur's Gate's your winner uh yeah I don't think Tears of the Kingdom or Spider-Man gets the the look it's amazing to me to have people and and granted I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3 I'm waiting for the console version to come out um same uh, same I'm going off of the the vibe the temperature I've not played I I think Alan Wake will be in the conversation but I don't I'm going off temperature not my personal experience it's it's amazing to think that like Baldur's Gate to me does not appear to do anything that interesting like, I don't see what people are, I see it being horny, but I don't see people being like, this has changed how video games are played. I'm like mm-hmm. looking at Breath of the Wild and I'm watching people build mechs out of a goofy game where they're like, hey, you can put a stick on another wheel and put a wheel on that uh, other part of the stick. And you've got like half of a ship or half of a, mm-hmm. of a, of a plank that moves and stuff. And people are like, nah, I'm making an auto auto uh, bot like out of parts. And I'm going and destroying like entire towns with this Autobot. Like, I don't see that with Baldur's Gate 3. I see people being like, I've never felt like I could make it with this uh, Fae in, in any other game the way the, the fidelity has allowed me to do it here. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's your, that's okay. I guess that's, that's what nice. you wanted out of this. You know, Witcher 3 was a thing too, you know, mm-hmm. but it, I guess Witcher got its props. I guess Baldur's Gate 3 is going to get its. I think there's more interesting games out there. I just haven't seen like what go- I haven't I haven't been convinced of what well, what Baldur's Gate 3 does better than what Elden Ring did last year. Or was it the year before? Maybe maybe we expect Baldur's Gate 3 to hit Xbox early January or early December. Maybe yeah. you change your mind after playing it, you know? Cuz I know Ellery uh they are very high on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm very curious to see like what it is about Baldur's Gate three that is so cool. And, and I've had uh, a couple friends of mine tell me that I will really love it because of the narrative, and I'll get past the turn based fighting of it because of how good the storytelling and world building in is it. But I don't know, man. Like Zelda's really good, and we've had some really good games this year. So I don't know why like Zelda would get snubbed over. Well, yeah. I, I'll tell you why I think. I, so I had this conversation similarly with Mike Toundro yesterday when we, when we got to meet in person. It was cool. Um, 2023 is is, an, is no longer a, th- a possibility in a world where game development cycles and budgets are so bloated. The mm-hmm. PS3 360 era had multiple years in a row of just incredible AAA releases that just blew your mind well we haven't had that in uh over a decade except in 2023 and that's a result of the pandemic development times 
um, that bumped games at various points. So a lot of the best arrived in 2023, but I don't see a world where we get that regularly. This year brought us Resident Evil 4 remake, Dead Space remake, uh, Alan Wake. It brought us uh, Metroid Prime, Callisto Protocol, Hogwarts Legacy, Jedi Star Wars. Yep. Uh, Street Fighter, Dead Island 2, Mortal Kombat 1. Yep. Uh, Even Armored Core. Sea of Stars in the indie side. Uh, Star Ocean. Star Ocean. Liza P. Uh, Ford's a motorsport. I mean, it, it's Mario Starfield. Wonder, Spider-Man, Mario Starfield. Wonder, Mario RPG remake is out this year as well, too. Mm-hmm. Avatar is on the docket. It is on the docket. Phantom Liberty arrived. Yeah. I mean, it's it is truly unique to get a year like this. And so this year's Game Awards, there's no way everybody goes home happy. And yet I argue, well, if you if you played the games you loved, you went home happy. But I don't. I don't know if it's age or whatnot, but I care less and less what IGN, what the Game Awards, what anybody else thinks. Um, I I get bothered by what I believe to be disingenuous takes or irresponsible takes, but I don't care if somebody liked or did something that I that I didn't like. I enjoyed Modern Warfare Three as the recent example, but I also yeah. enjoyed Redfall and Anthem and Crackdown, um, and that doesn't make me invalidated. I don't feel because I also enjoyed the the best of the best games, God of War, uh, Ragnarok and God of War are two of the best games ever made. And I enjoyed those. I love breath of the wild. I love so many other high scoring games. And I think sometimes we invalidate or validate people's opinions based on that number. And that's not how it's meant to be. Yeah. I I'm, I'm with you on that because I think the difference is, is that you're trusting your judgment over other people's judgment for games now. Um, Mm that's genuinely when you stop to pay attention when you stop paying attention to critics is when you have a good enough understanding of what your tastes are Mm -hmm. that you're not relying on other people's feedback to Mm -hmm. kind of uh not not invest um to inform whether or not this is going to be something for you Mm -hmm. and we've had so many good games this year that it's it's easy to say like okay Baldur's Gate 3 is probably going to be for me but i know i'm not going to enjoy the gameplay because i'm not a turn-based guy Mm -hmm. so that will have to be an obstacle and the game will have to make up for that i had a really cool moment that i'm sure some of our listeners have encountered on some level but um content creator that i'm a fan of and i didn't know until lord cognito introduced me mr maddie plays he even joined me for a uh for a creator talk and i really enjoyed talking to him and i learned a lot about him and i found that i just really like maddie um a, a lot he put out a a, a video that, that said modern warfare 3 is a disgrace and i was like i don't think that at all and i was mm-hmm. I, I, not offended by it but oh but i was like i don't even agree like not even close and it didn't bother me at all i was like i disagree still yeah. love maddie still love the content maddie makes still enjoy the show still enjoy uh viewing it still like like him a lot and like i'm sure he doesn't care what luke lore thinks but like it was cool for me to say like i vehemently disagree still lovely still enjoy your your videos that was a cool kind of growth point for me that um and and this has happened before but like 10 years ago i'd have been like well i'm done you know Mm -hmm. like it's not i disagree it's not that uh and so that was a neat growth point for me is to be able to disagree with somebody vehemently and still enjoy respect and appreciate their content and still want to visit their content yeah 
I want to I want to get into listener questions, but I just want to kind of um, kind of capsize this and say that there is uh, less and less room these days um, in different mediums online. Uh, Mm -hmm. Podcasts are one of the few where you can sit down and have an exchange of ideas and Mm -hmm. earnestly listen to the person across from you to hear what they have to say Mm -hmm. and to know that whatever they're saying is something that could change your opinion on something. Mm hmm. And having that, I think, is still a very precious thing to be able to do. And that's where I think reviews can help kind of break through that shell of, well, this is what my expectation of, of what I want from a game is. And because this other this game does not have that, mm-hmm. I am not going to be invested in it. And I think having that discourse helps kind of break down that barrier sometimes. It's a good time, I think, to say shout out some voices that we think help do that. Because I, when you talk about like having the time, you know, a podcast is a good medium to have that discussion still and it not be inflammatory. Not people don't just jump to the conclusion they have the debate, they have a discussion. The Nerd Chat is a show for me that that I really enjoy for that. That's um, Daddy D Wally, Chipotle Bear, and such. Like they they do a good job at at doing that. Um, I also enjoy Jam Pack Sam's takes because I don't agree with Jam Pack Sam on a lot of like like fps type stuff mm-hmm. but i love sam i appreciate it. he's thoughtful he he explains his reasoning and if i disagree or agree i can cite what it is i agree and disagree about with him and i really appreciate when people take the time to do that um it's not just oh this is what i think i'm not listening yeah and and, and you're right you make a good point there i don't know if there's any that jump into your mind um, but oh, I enjoy the nuance takes the the Patreon Discord. Uh, oh yes, all, all the constant like opinions about like which is the better shooter, Call of Duty or Battlefield twenty forty two. The 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 discourse that we have there is uh, we have jabs, but it is all kind of like in ways to try and convince each other to play each other's games because it's whatever we happen to have installed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I that love it. True. I do as well. I do as well. But it's always, f- I like when it's fun. They yeah. make it fun. So uh, let's see. Let's go with a couple questions here for from our listeners here. Uh, I like Anubis, the Xbox gamer uh, from Twitter. Anubis says, with Game of the Year time upon us, I think it'd be fun for a Game Pass Game of the Year. What Game Pass game was a service seller for you this year? Just a suggestion for content. Be well. He tagged us and a bunch of other creators. We were included with Iron Lords and and kind of funny and uh, DMC Ryan, which really was kind of cool to be included there. I have my answer. Do you want to answer this first or do you want me to go first? I, I It has to be Starfield for me. Same. It, yeah, it has to be. Um, Starfield is. It is just a system seller. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fantastic game. I had so much fun with it and genuinely like if if you if you were if you were going to ever like try game pass and you wanted to see like what game would be worth jumping into it has to be starfield mm-hmm. i think starfield is the service seller as well but then if you take a step back secondarily like it's the variety in game pass there are so many games across so many genres to be enjoyed in game pass that it's not a service seller by one title it's by like 100 you know yeah. there are so many games across different levels from indie to triple a that are just worth trying like you might love atomic heart 
You know, you might love the Persona series. Persona three and four dropped in at the beginning of the year. Hi-Fi Mush, Hi-Fi Rush might be your jam. You know, Forza <laughs> might be your jam. It's so cool. Did you almost say Hi-Fi Mushroom? <laughs> I think I said Hi My. Ru- I I don't know what I was going to say. Um, I know that I sl- I, I mixed it up. But I don't know what I was going for. <laughs> what was coming out? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I heard it and like tried to tried to reroute. Yeah. But I don't know what it was. <laughs> I got nothing. That's great. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, let's go with a question from this is from Colby Myers, which I think is Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer. He wrote in over on threads and he is a patron. It says, what are some of the top games throughout Xbox that are not only must play, but also deserve a replay? even though most people don't have enough time to keep up with new games. Starfield's the easy answer for this one because yeah. replaying Starfield is built into the game. That is a purpose-built thing that they do. Um, but for sure that, and I would argue also any of the Halo games, Master Chief Collection is great. Going through those campaigns on a regular basis is dope. Enjoy that. What about for you? I would say the Pirates of the Caribbean content for Sea of Thieves Ooh, a is a must-play. Um, anyone that grew up in near like Disneyland or Disney world, that's gone on that pirates of the Caribbean ride owes it to themselves mm-hmm. to jump into that. Um, I'm trying I to think of DLC. like it's other sad. good Xbox ones. <sighs> Worth replaying. Worth replaying is interesting because I think Starfield kind of falls into that territory, but I think that's through the new game plus, mm-hmm. um, which I put on hold for the sake of phantom liberty Mm -hmm. uh but that's definitely one that will reward you well for going back and playing through new game plus like once you complete that campaign you start off in in new game plus it's a much much different bag and i think that's worth um going in and and playing through again want to give a uh note that like i mentioned mastery collection but like the campaigns of gears and halo are are all like top to bottom every game has something to offer and they're cool like marches through history particularly gears with the uh unreal engine that they're using there and the way the, they tried to change the series while staying true i really like that yeah the judgment day edition for gears one uh is is one that that holds up really well nowadays i think the ultimate the re- edition ultimate Ultim- edition. what did i say judgment day edition which judgment makes sense because judgment day yeah but, you know, I don't know why I thought that. I don't know. It's a, it was called Emergence Day, just just for the record. That's no, that's oh, you know what it is? I think it's I'm conflating jug, Juggernaut Edition from State of Decay. Ah, uh, and, and I'm just I'm like putting words into my mind and trying to come out with the actual answer. But yeah, I think the uh, the remakes for Gears One, mm-hmm. um, really does hold up. It's beautiful. Looks great. Yeah, yeah. I can't think good. of anything else though. But I would those are, say I think those are good answers. Those are good yeah. answers. All right. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from Edward Varnell over on Twitter. I can always count on Edward to support the show and I appreciate him. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's time for Xbox to give up the battery system for their controllers? And if not, what makes you think it was a good idea since the 360 days? Uh, also, is it time for quantum break two to be announced? Should three, four, three studios take a stab at it? Yes. It's time to give up batteries for the love. That's just a Duracell deal, by the way. That's the only reason that's happened. Get rid of batteries. No, you're insane. No, I'm, I'm actually in the right on this. All right. Tell me what, tell me why. Okay. If you talk Uh, about lithium ion in the environment, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, 
If the battery dies in this nice, beautiful Master Chief Edition Xbox Series Elite 2 controller, mm-hmm. guess how I'm not going to be using it. Oh, wait, you don't have to because I'm not going to be using it. You don't have to you guess. You wire it. You wire it? I, I have a 10-foot long living room. Like, this is in the this, this is here right now. That's fine. But this is only going to hold the charge for so long. You know what doesn't have to hold the charge? Any of the other controllers that have batteries because I can always buy a rechargeable battery pack. At worst case scenario, I can always have a couple double A's. I can't do that with my Nintendo Switch Pro controller. I can't do that with my PlayStation 5 controller. If the batteries die in those, I just have to buy a brand new thing. I have. You also keep batteries in your refrigerator, you old man? No, I don't. The youth don't understand that joke, by the way. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, no, I have little battery packs in these. And you know what? These last a few years for sure. And you recharge them the way you would recharge a normal controller. But you know what happens? these things can be taken out these little battery packs can be removed and you know why you want to do that because over time lithium ion swells and when those when those battery packs start to to like change the chemistry and they swell they start to break the actual internals or they at worst leak and can cause fires so at some point you're going to have to rip the lithium ion batteries out of all the cool little little things you got in your house because eventually those things are going to swell and they're going to crack the shells and they're going to strip the the screws that are holding the little tiny screws that are holding them together and that's going to suck because you're going to miss like really cool controllers like this are going to have serious issues in the future when the batteries inside of them have to be ripped out and you're going to have to do that on your own or have someone else do it because these are not hard. These are these can be questionably hard to get into if you're not used to it. Whereas this little battery pack here, I can take to a recycling center and just have them actually recycle it. I can buy a brand new one and stick it into this controller and never have to ever, ever, ever worry about what the next 20 years of this controller's lifespan is going to be if I take care of it, because I can always throw in a couple pair of batteries into it and it just works. I got to tell you, I don't know what in the flat earth you're talking about. Um, <laughs> recycling centers. We don't do that in the South. Okay. That's a California thing. We like to destroy our environment uh, accordingly. I think battery packs uh, or batteries should go the way of the Dodo and it should all be lithium ion rechargeable. Um, I actually don't care if it's lithium ion. I just don't think we should ever have to worry about batteries. Just plug it up. You're, you're always going to have to worry about batteries. Just buy a rechargeable battery pack, Luke. Just buy one, and then when you're done, you just take it out, and you put that, like, somewhere else. Like, what are you going to do? Like, uh, okay. For the do record, you have- I have rechargeable battery packs, but yeah. I don't think we should be worrying about double A's anymore. So what's, what, what's, well, <laughs> there's a difference between, like, a, a, a battery, like, okay, so the battery system for the controllers is the question here, not, not are you oh, using double A batteries? Okay. okay, okay, let's back off the flat earth edge. Uh, I don't think double A's are what they should be doing. That's what I mean. I don't mind. You know, it'd be cool if they just had a battery pack with a controller and you charge those. They do. And the, uh, the earth one, uh, came out this year and had a rechargeable battery pack that came with it. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Yeah. It was the okay. earth day celebration one, but they should it, develop a program we... where you recycle those battery packs. All right. Cool. So sorry, Mr. First world problems. Um, not everyone has lithium ion battery packs. Some countries still have to live off of AA batteries. 
Well, this is why America does what it does. This is why America's <laughs> the best. Okay. <laughs> no, I I was not used to the battery system for controllers when when like I've been I've been used to like Nintendo products. Like Nintendo products all have like their stuff built in. I was used to PlayStation having their stuff built in. When I got to Xbox Which I like and I re- Huh? I still like that better. Just, I, no, I no, just like I it don't. Better. I mean, it's it's cool. It's cool to toss this thing on the little charging dock and just have it work. It's cool to to not have to think about it and just, you know, I put my phone on the little charging pad and it's it just charges. I don't have to think about like replacing the batteries in my Samsung uh, Galaxy phone anymore and stuff like that. But at the same time, the the it's the longevity of the system. Like mm-hmm. my Joy Cons that I have in a in a in a drawer somewhere, those batteries are going to swell. And that's going to cause issues. Like I'm going to have to break open those Joy Cons, and I'm going to have to take those lithium ions out and get them replaced. I'm going to have to do that. Those Joy Cons were going to drift well before that happened. <laughs> I have never. I've had one set, which was the original set from 2017, ever start to slowly drift, and I have f- three sets of Joy Cons. You're no, like no. the 360 era person that's like, I've never gotten a red ring. I never had There's a like red six ring. Six of you. I never like had six. a red ring. Oh my gosh. Jesus. Some of that's us, not you know Logan's line to everybody. Some never of us had take a red care ring. of that's our hardware. Some no. of us are okay <laughs> with the battery system. <laughs> we didn't have red rings in my house. You know why? Because we weren't trying to destroy our consoles. What are you talking? Dust. <laughs> We never Just. had we never had red rings in my house. That's Logan saying we never had Xbox 360s in my house. I had That's a 360. Not, no, you did not. Not yeah, if I you did. didn't have a red ring. Not if no, you didn't I had have a, a connect. I had a connect. My handle back in the day was Captain Conquest. It was a, a joke on my WoW character. Mm-hmm. What and model did you have? Like, the, did you have this? It was the, the, the S. launch one. No. Oh, well, the S never did red ring. That was, they redesigned it. It was a 360. Luke, it was a 360. No, no, no. You just said 360. You're now trying to drill into this like and be like, okay, well, it was a Series S. So they had already worked out the heating issues with that. So clearly that's why you never had it. Logan hates Halo. (laughs) (laughs) I always knew you thought that Resistance was a better shooter. (laughs) Reach sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) You are so wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Four and five had a good plot going that just didn't get realized. If you ever got, if you guys ever want to lose your minds on Logan, go back. It's it's somewhere on our YouTube channel. One of our Xbox wrap ups, we ranked the Halos. ODST was boring. ODST was boring. Um, <laughs> so real quick, uh, Edward Barnett wants to know if it's time for Quantum Break two. No uh, idea. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, eh, maybe. Like, I don't want Control or Alan Wake as franchises to suffer. I haven't played enough Alan Wake because I haven't been there. But I don't know if there's any homages to it. But Remedy can cook whatever they want, and I'll play it. I think um, there is. I think it got. Be. I think it was in Alan Wake too, though. But I, I wouldn't know. I, I'm going off of Muffin Man on that one. Oh well, thanks for that spoiler, jerk. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin Ainsworth, everybody. Um, should three four three take a stab at it? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> three four three needs a. I don't know what needs to happen there. Um. Let's do one more question. Let's do one right. more question. Um, let's see. Kevin Ainsworth's question. We're going to wait till next week because it's a better Black Friday question. Let's do Jose Martinez's question. He writes it over on oh. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on companies giving tiny teasers way ahead of release? Does it build hype levels or just make you mad? As an example, think about Mass Effect and their yearly end seven-day teasers, despite the game being at least five years out. Um. I do not like 
I do not like teasers that don't make sense. It was important that we saw at the beginning of the Xbox One generation a State of Decay 3 teaser. But to their credit, they've not continued to, to go to that well. They said, hey, this is a thing, and they've left it alone. Metroid Prime 4, maybe it's a bit egregious, but I think they're just sitting on it, right? Um, false hype teasers are not fair, not good, not healthy. But teasers like, hey, we are genuinely doing this, cool. Um, my uh, An example escapes me at the moment, but if they're just saying, hey, this is, oh, uh, what's Beyond Good and Evil 2? That was a teaser that should never have happened, right? Uh, yeah, that was not a game. <laughs> that should not have been a thing. That doesn't, that shouldn't be a thing. That Same game doesn't game exist. Three, we know is happening, right? Yeah. That's a thing. They But they've not gone back to that well, whereas Beyond Good and Evil 2, it's been revisited here and there. So it depends on how that teaser is being used. If it's being used to manipulate an audience, I don't think that's healthy. So I think PlayStation's good about teasers. Xbox has been good about teasers as well. Nintendo, I'm not sure, has. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 standing out in my mind as being egregious. Um, that's the only one. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's just because I that's maybe it's because I just care about Metroid. Um, because I nobody's teased Star Fox and Metroid and Star Fox are my two favorites yeah. over there. I I think uh having tiny teasers come out like ahead of time, um, sometimes that is not always the studio's choice. Sometimes the studio is mandated by the publisher to get something out there, right? Mm. Uh I think it's a I I don't like it because it builds a false sense of of uh marketing in in my mind like i like it when games are six months away and they start to ramp up like the teasers at the six month mark by the third three month mark you start to start to get some more like in-depth stuff going on like some bigger reveals and then the last like month you're just like okay full on let's do the full marketing kind of like stuff out there for people to find for the everyday joe who wants to go like walk into a store and see like there's an xbox uh thing going on right now with a bunch of skins for doritos and and uh mountain dew and whatnot so you can get mm -hmm. like skins and whatnot and stuff like that i like that kind of stuff um when you're going and putting out something that like 2019 Everwild, uh metroid prime 3 or 4 is a good example uh star wars knights of the old republic terrible thing to be doing like getting people's hopes up about that uh, especially when that game is vaporware outer worlds two is kind of like a, Hey, the team that's working on outer worlds is done with expansions. We, we have, um, plans on making two, but there's nothing to, to say about that until the time is right. Um, I think avowed is a good example of when you put out something too soon because the creative director for that changed. And mm -hmm. as such, the look of the game has changed from the original teaser to what we've seen more recently. Mm -hmm. And that has caused a lot of news pundits to question the stability of the studio. Mm -hmm. And that unfortunately is, is just, it's one of those things. So no, I don't like it when like N7 is or Mass Effect is doing these early teasers. This is the second time they've done it. They haven't showed an actual game. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And Avowed is, um, I think at the time, the state Xbox was in at the time, they needed it. But now going forward, I think we're we're okay. Yeah. At least that's what I, I think. I think, we'll I think Avowed is going to be a fantastic game. It's not going to be Elder Scrolls 6 like everyone wants it to be. Uh, and... I don't want them to make something they're not, they don't want to make. Oh yeah. You know, no, I just don't want that. I don't yeah. want that. So, 
All right, my friend, I think that's a good place to stop. I will remind people to check out the merch store link in the description. Really excited about seeing that happen. Uh, and I will thank again anybody that's chosen to like the show over on YouTube, share it on your various socials, subscribe on whatever platform of choice. Uh, and if you're, you're so willing, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Really means the world when you guys do that. Helps us do the little things. Uh, website services, travel, game if we need it uh, for coverage. We really appreciate you guys for that stuff. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Definitely. Logan, congrats on Keel Hall 300 and shout out to any Keel oh, Hall listeners. You. Let us know where we can find that. Uh, just search for Keelhauled. Um, you will find either a, a, uh, <laughs> a pirate based, uh, song from a metal band, or you'll find my podcast. And, uh, th that's really the best advice I can give. Um, just search for Keelhauled, the Sea of Thieves podcast or search Sea of Thieves podcast. You'll find me in there. Um, 301 this week going out. So got a lot to talk about and, uh, probably be working on that this weekend as well. Other than that, um, definitely, if you guys want to have like good conversations about games, things like that, please consider joining the the Patreon so you can get access to the uh, Discord server. And the community there is is small and niche and very just like the best people that you could possibly want to have uh, conversations with games about. Agreed. You guys can find me on Twitter at Insipid or Twitter threads. I've used a lot of threads lately. Uh, at Insipid Ghost, and of course the Patreon Discord is where I, I genuinely love to start my day. It's, it's the best. So, that's it for us. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Take care. Bye.